say the game is getting old Monday morning and your coffee's cold Life is not what you want it to be You need another Hello everyone and welcome to A New Direction My name is Jay Izzo and Whoa, Nelly, we have got a great show. I don't mean just an average show. I mean it is another great show here on A New Direction. I uh, Okay, here's the deal. I have with me Nir Bashan. Wrote this book, The Creator Mindset. And you go, well, what? The Creator Mindset? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me just tell you something. If you are stuck, in your career, if you are stuck in your business, if you are lacking success in any area of your life, do you know what you're missing? Well, I tell you what you got. What you got is all these analytics and spreadsheets that are telling you, oh, this is what's going on. But you know what you're missing? You're missing the creative part. I talk about it all the time that our brain is two halves, right? Left side, logical, right side, you know, more creative. Guess which part of the brain that we typically don't use? Yeah the right side, because we're so used to using the left side. And then what happens is, you know what happens when you don't use the right side? Yeah, it shrivels up and withers, just from lack of use. Think about it. Any of you who, who, who have studied foreign languages when you went to high school or college, you don't use it. How did it go for you? Yeah, see, right? This is what happens when we're not using the creative side of our brain. This is why Nir Bashan is with us today, because he's going to help us reopen that side of our brain because it's that side of your brain that's going to get you unstuck. It's that side of your brain that's going to get you to where you really desire to go. And we're going to talk to Nir, and he is absolutely outstanding. He's got a great sense of humor. He's got a great way about him. You're going to love him. Before we do that, let's we do every week, right? And I walk you through your training in the four areas of your life, right? I believe that we are four-part people. We are physical people, mental people, emotional people, and spiritual people, right? And every day we should be doing something to train all four areas, right? Every day, right? And and by the way, you, you may be kind of lost in there, but so let's kind of take a creative look at each area, all right? We're going to rate each area of your training on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being miserable, 10 being outstanding, right? And we're going to look at the physical first, right? And what do I mean by how do I train my physical? Well, how's your training going when it comes to your eating, right? Are you eating right, putting the right things in your body? How about exercise, right? Are you moving, getting your body moving? How about like drinking enough water or getting enough sleep? All of those things contribute to your training. So if you were to rank yourself on how well you're training every day and in the physical, what number would you give you? Five would be an average, right? That's your first number. By the way, when I say exercise, I'm not saying that you have to be in the gym every day, but you should be doing something, right? And by the way, let's say you're not in the gym. Well, then eat better. Drink more water. Get more sleep. All of those things contribute to your training, okay? All right, so scale one to 10, that's your first number, right? Second number is your mental number, right? And, you know, here's the thing about your mental training. You have to be an active participant. You can't just sit there and let things come at you. You have to be active in your training. You have to be one that is absolutely working on, like, I don't know, reading a book. See, that's taking an act, being an active participant in your training, right? Learning a new language, right? I'm, I'm working on, I'm, you know, I'm working on Hebrew right now, right? I'm trying to learn Hebrew and I'm, I'm, it's, it's slow, but you know what? I can tell just by actively doing that as a new language, it's really helping me, right? I pulled out the guitar and started playing the instrument to work on both halves of your brain. You, you think that playing music is just on the right side. It's not because there's all sorts of other analytical types of numbers that you have to work with. So you, you have to understand there's so many ways that you can really enhance your mental training. So on a scale of one to 10, one being miserable, 10 being outstanding, what number would you give yourself in your mental training this past week? All right, so now you have two numbers. So the third number is the emotional number. I make it really easy. How do you figure out your emotional number? Okay, there's really two things that we're interested in here. First of all, when you're under pressure and stress and strain, how well are you able to control your emotions? Matter of fact, near Bashan may say to you, not only that, how well are you able to be creative under stress and strain? Right? Because if you control your emotions, I guarantee you you're also going to control you're also going to be more creative. Because he talks about anger in this great book called The Creator Mindset. Because anger will keep you from being creative, right? 
It really does. And then the second part of the emotional part of your training is how well are you able to tap into and understand the emotions of others? You know, and, and we may be talking about listening here, but hold it here. <laughs> My friend near, <laughs> he talks about listening in this book. He talks about micro listening, right? Yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll get to that at some point in the book, but he'll talk about that with you, right? But the point is, how well are you able to really understand? Do you have the emotional vocabulary that you can really understand the nuances and subtleties of emotion? Right? So what number would you give yourself in your emotional training on a scale of 1 to 10? And then finally, there's the spiritual, right? The spiritual training. And you go, Jay, what do you mean by spiritual training? First of all, I don't even feel like I'm all that religious. Well, okay, you may not be religious, but you're spiritual. I promise you, you believe in something. Here's, here's the, my wife gave me this great analogy. When you're under stress and you're under pressure, what's the first thing that you run to? That's your God. When things are going bad in your life and there's crisis, what's the first thing you run to? That's, 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 that's your God. And then you have to ask yourself, how's that working for you? Right? We, we, we all have faith in something. If you have plans for the future that haven't happened, you know what? That's faith. Whether you, whether you want to agree with it or not, you have faith, you believe in something. To not believe in something is still a belief because you have faith that something else doesn't exist. So it's still, it's still a faith whether you want to believe it or not. How is it working for you? Are you exercising it? Are you training it? Are you working? Are you studying and is it working for him? What do you need to change? Is it God? Is it meditation? Is it nature? What is it? Right? Here's the thing that the special operations forces people who have been on the show have said to us when it comes to these four areas of your life. When you're under stress, when you're under pressure, when you're exhausted and tired, you're hungry, you never rise to the occasion. You only fall to the level of your training. Which is why you have to be training every day because the better your training is, you don't fall as far when you're under that pressure. So you have those four numbers, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, right? Whatever those numbers are, they are. I'm not asking you to get from a three to a 10. I'm just getting, I want you to get from a three to a 3.5. And you can do something right now to change that, right? And you have to think of those four numbers as the legs of the chair. And if the chair's out of balance, like those four numbers are, well, it affects your posture, right? But it also affects our posture in our areas of our life because we're not as healthy as we could be. And if we're too low, we're also not able to eat at the right table to help ourselves, right? Speaking of someone who has got his chair at the right level, and you know what? He is he is awesome. His name is Nir Bashan. And let me just tell you a little bit about Nir. Nir Bashan is a world-renowned creativity expert. He has taught thousands of leaders and individuals around the globe how to harness the power of creativity to improve profitability, increase sales, and ultimately create more meaning in their work. Nir has spent the last two decades, it's hard to believe because he looks like he's only 20, so I don't know how he does that, last two decades working on a formula to codify creativity. That formula is found in the creator mindset, which has been translated into two languages. He has one of the youngest, he is one of the youngest professors ever selected to teach graduate courses at the Art Center College of Design in Pasadena and also taught undergraduate courses at the University of California at Los Angeles. He has uh, worked in on numerous albums, movies, advertisements with famous actors and musicians ranging from Rod Stewart to Woody Harrelson. His work on creativity has won a Clio Award and was nominated for an Emmy. Emmy, sorry. Nier is the founder and CEO of the Creator Mindset LLC, a company that conducts workshops, consulting, coaching, and keynote speeches at conferences, corporate events. His clients include AT&T, Microsoft, Ace Hardware, NFL Network, EA Sports, Suzuki, Activision, JetBlue, many more. He lives in Florida with his wife and his his two sons and his young son and two Bernie Doodles named Peepaws and Waylon Jennings. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show and welcome to A New Direction, Nir Bashan. Welcome, Nir. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Excellent intro, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. You know, that's been something we started since the very beginning of the show three years ago. And um, it's something that has caught on with a lot of guests that come on to go, you know what? <laughs> I actually had guests who said, I'm stealing that. I'm going to put it on my show. So it's like, yeah, oh, it's food for thought. It's, you know, kind of sets up the, uh, the, the table, if you will, for the <laughs> meal you're about to eat. Yeah. So, you know, let's talk about this creator mindset because the creator mindset 
is not something that we think about. And, you know, you talk about, you're going to, we're going to talk about this, but we kind of have a misconception of what we think creativity and being creative is, uh, because we, you talk about this in the book, um, the creator mindset that, um, you know, so often we, we pair creativity with art, which is just, just such, such a bad thing to do. But you start the book in the introduction that there's a crisis, and this is what you said. You said there's a crisis occurring in most businesses and careers today, and that crisis is a stark lack of creativity. The fact remains that the vast majority of people today are operating at half of their, half of their potential. Let's, let's, let's start there and let you kind of expand that a little bit further. Yeah, definitely. So I I feel and I've seen this, you know, I've 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 had my own businesses, I've run businesses for others um, that we are not really using our full potential as human beings, especially in our businesses and our uh, products and services. We're just not using our full God-given potential to evolve humanity to the next level. What ends up happening is we don't have that cure for cancer. We don't Mm. have the woman landing on Mars. We don't have the amazing potential that humanity has. Why? Because we haven't taken creativity and elevated it to that same level of analytics. Mm. And, you know, I, I forgot what the numbers were. They're in the book, but you have, you know, most businesses failing within a few years of starting. Right. And you have, you know, a lot of people unhappy in their career path. A lot of businesses, you know, wondering how they can get to the next level. How can they make more sales? And for me, all of this boils down to at some point, it all boils down to the fact that we need to become more creative. So Let's talk. Let's talk about creativity. Let's talk about chapter one. Um, and by the way, the book is divided up into four sections, um, folks. It, it's a it's a fabulous book. Um, let's talk about chapter one. It's called Creativity for Non-Creative People. And you said the first and most important step in this process is believing one thing: everything about creativity can be learned. This is an interesting place to start with. That creativity can be learned. Why is that such an important part for the creator mindset? So I feel that everybody was born creative, everyone, every man, woman, and child. And I've actually done research about it, um, looked outside the U.S., Southeast Asia, Africa. Um, Problem-solving attributes of children are always creative. Even before language takes hold, a child, I I think uh, eight months, seven months old, can look at some blocks and, you know, see a toy on the other end and kind of get creative about how they move those blocks to get to that toy. Right. Right. And so we were all born with this amazing sense of creativity. My, my son just turned four. Right. And so we get him, we get him stuff on Amazon or whatever the box shows up, you know, he rips it open. He literally lifts the toy out of the box puts it down somewhere and then plays with the box for two hours. And <laughs> like, like that's awesome. Right. Like, right. Right. And, and so what, like what happened to us? Right? right. You know, that's him at four and I'm looking at it and I'm supposed to be the creativity expert. Right. And I'm right. looking at it. And I'm like, Oh man, I got to fold down. you know, break down the box. The recycling right. truck doesn't come till Tuesday. I'm like, Oh, you know, and I, and, and I'm, I, we've just lost our way with looking at, the world as it can be, right. not as it is. And in that shift of mentality, we have just demolished potential mm. of problem solving. And for me, it's just such a shame. And I, you know, I'm so glad you have me on, uh, you know, today, Jay, to talk about this because I think building awareness of this problem will start to just elevate careers and elevate humanity right. everywhere that it touches. So I'm so glad that we're bringing a little bit of awareness to this issue today. Yeah, I, I think it's incredibly important because I think what happens is, and by the way, you say this at the end of chapter one, you say we're, we are so heavily skewed toward the analytical that the creative part of the brain has been left to wither away like a plant that is not watered. You said that. And then you also say though, as kind of a caveat, analytical skills are important. However, in isolation, they are damaging. Without uniting the analytical and the creative, we are operating with as like we're on a half tank of gas. 
that's pretty powerful. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where we will never get where we need to go until we unite those two parts. Now, people tell me all the time, Nir, that's great, right? But I'm not creative. I'm not you, – you, it sounds great. Like, we love it. Um, but I'm not creative, and, you know, I really want to just do what I'm good at and stuff right. like that. And And what I tell those people is, yes, you are creative. Yes, there is a way right. for you to solve problems better. And I'm not saying get rid of analytics. Not what I'm saying at right. all. Right. I'm saying combine those analytics with creativity in order to, you know, differentiate yourself in the market, in order to turn more revenue into profit. I mean, whatever it is that your business or career works on, creativity can only enhance it. Right. Right. And, you know, here's the thing. And, and you're right. I mean, I don't want people to get the idea that you're anti-analytics. It's just that, well, as you say in chapter two, thinking with only analytics and ignoring the creative most often leads to failure. So, because what you're really doing is you're treating the symptoms instead of looking for the cure. Correct. You know, there's thousands of products on the market right now that will treat a cough if you get a cold or or whatever, and, you know, decongestants and all this stuff. But there's not one, not one medicine on the market that'll treat the root cause of that cold. Mm. And, you know, I've been doing this a while and, and you have too, Jay, you know how when you go into a business and you're helping them, you know, get to the next stage or right. helping them with sales or whatever it is that you're consulting with, you've noticed that there's lots of people out there that are treating so many of the symptoms, right? right. Let's find out why you have a cough, you right. know, let's find out, you know, how to treat the, you know, the runny nose or whatever. But very, very few people are even looking at the root of the cause and trying to address that. We have to address the root problem, and that comes with creativity. We're talking with Nir Bashan. The book is entitled The Creator Mindset. Uh, absolutely fabulous book. Uh, 92 Tools to Unlock the Secrets to Innovation, Growth, and Sustainability. Uh, and, and it's just a it's a great book. I'm going to jump to Chapter 3, and Talk, and which is entitled Training Your Mind to Think in a Creative Way. And, you know, here's the thing. You, you start this chapter talking about when you were in kindergarten and you, you were drawing. And, you know, you took me back with you because I remember in, you know, kindergarten grade school where we had that brown, I don't know, butcher style paper, right, and some, you know, watercolor paints or whatever, and we were just allowed to do whatever we wanted to do. And you talk about that. And you say in this chapter, as children, we are encouraged to explore creativity. And you also said that as children, our imagination was not restrained. Instead, it was flourished. What happened to us as adults? Yeah, so that's the, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it, Jay? Like, so what, what has happened is we, through schooling and through society, and again, we've studied this all over the world, no matter where you are, Children are raised up, boys and girls are raised up to become more analytical. They're raised up to value analytical skills. Now, do I think that's a problem of education? I don't know. I, I really don't. I think it's a symptom of a larger yearning of humanity to define everything and make it make sense to us, right? We mm. love the fact that, you know, I could say, oh, this phone is about seven and a half inches long. And, right. you know, my car goes 35 miles an hour on, you know, 82 gallons of, uh, you know, 82 miles per gallon or whatever the, the number is and so on and so forth. We love to define things with numbers mm. because it makes us feel in control of the world. Okay, mm, yeah. so I think that's the root of what's going on here. Now, schooling, not much better, right? Schooling says, okay, Jay, you're in my class. Um, I need to assess if you're a smart kid or not. <laughs> mm, let's see, I'm gonna give you a test. And then on the 10 questions on that test, I'm gonna score you, you know, out of 100, I'm gonna give it a number. And yeah, we all agree that this number means something, but what we have lost here is you know, what do these numbers really mean? What are they really measuring? Right. Is this stuff worth measuring? Um, the, you know, I taught, I taught school for a long time, a long time. I taught uh, graduate and undergraduate and I gave tests out. And then, you know, for the first couple of years, and then I stopped doing that. And what I did is I got together with every student and I said, okay, this is your final. 
You know, what did you learn this year? And we have a conversation. And in that conversation, you realize that people digest information in completely different ways, right? right. So like something that would meaningful to that person was what they got out of the class. And who am I to give them a lower grade because it doesn't meet my expectation of what I think that, you know, that should be, uh, that should be valued. But right. you know what, Jay, that takes a lot of work. Right. And being creative and and looking to push the boundaries of convention takes a lot of work and it's not easy and it takes a long time to sort of, you know, get somewhere. But when we finally do get somewhere, it is tenfold more rewarding than just following the recipe that everyone else has been doing. And that's sort of what I talk about in the book when I talk about, you know, how important creativity is. Yeah. You know, you talk about that. We got to relearn. You know, we got, we got to, we got to relearn that that portion it's not because it's always been there i mean always you, been there. yeah you talk about it. it's always been there it's just that we got to relearn to do it I, I just find it i just found this so awesome because we need to reawaken that side of ourselves because we do get caught into you know analytics spreadsheets numbers p l's and everything else and and then we wonder why we're failing and the truth is we just aren't coming up with an innovative creative way to do that you know, and that's, that's the, that's what's, that's what's desperately needed. And that's why this book is called The Creator Mindset. His name is Nir Bashan and you're listening to him here on A New Direction. Hey everyone, listen, uh, you know, I talk about my two great sponsors. One of them is Epic Physical Therapy and whether you are recovering from an injury or surgery or suffering everyday aches and pains, having difficulty performing activities of daily living, maybe you're unable to perform at the athletic events, whether you're a professional athlete or a young athlete, you're you just want to you just want to improve and you're having some problems look doesn't matter epic physical therapy is there to provide you with a customized treatment program that's that's tailored to your individual needs right they have so much experience in rehabbing young athletes as well as professional athletes right and they understand the need to treat the entire body as a functional whole not just your symptoms or your injury so when you're ready for your epic relief you're ready for your epic recovery when you're ready for your epic results right if that's what you really want, which I believe that you do, don't start where anywhere else. Just go with epicpt.com. That's E-P-I-C-P-T.com. And Linda Craft and Team Realtors, no matter where you're at in the world, Linda Craft and her team can help you sell your home or buy your next home. And why is that? It's because for 35 plus years, she's been at the top of her game. And how does she do that? It's because she's created relationships over those 35 years and has not just created them, but has maintained them and nurtured them over the course of time. When you do that, it means that the relationship is that important to you. And when the relationships are that important to you, that means that you are you can sustain a business growth for over 35 years and continuing on. And she believes in relationships and so does her team. So listen, when you're ready to sell or buy your home, don't start anywhere else. Start with the relationship maker, the relationship maintainer, the relationship sustainer. Start with Linda Craft and Team Realtors. And you can learn more by going to lindacraft.com. That's L-I-N-D-A-C-R aft.com and we're back here on a new direction with near bashan and his uh book i almost had it upside i was going to take a creative way of putting your book uh online i was going to do it this way uh, that was <laughs> that'd have been pretty creative wouldn't it uh it's called the creator mindset uh 92 tools to unlock the secrets to innovation growth and sustainability fantastic book and yeah, as you can hear he's absolutely fantastic and um the book is equally as well. It's available at bookstores, uh, wherever books are sold. Uh, and on, of course, on Amazon. And we will have the link and everything to where you can uh, learn more about Near and learn more about the You can get the book. The links will be on the blog post that's associated with the write-up to the show. So make sure that you check that out. And you can do that by going to jizzo.com. That's J-A-Y-I-Z-S-O.com. Um, so I want to jump ahead here, if you don't mind. Um, I want to jump all the way up to chapter five, and this is part two. Um, chapter five is the brain and the heart on a collision course of prosperity. And you say right away in that chapter, above all else, it's the plain and simple truth of the arrival of the 21st uh, century creative economy. Companies that are able to embrace a new way of thinking creatively will thrive, and those stuck in the analytical past will die. What do you mean by that? I, I, what I mean is that I feel that every single business out there needs to have some impetus, some training, some support around innovation 
and creativity. If they do not, then you simply can't get by anymore. Mm. The, the world is changing so rapidly and the way that commerce is conducted, it's just no longer what it used to be, you know, um, product we're taught in business school that right product or service a meets uh, customer B they transact and that's how things are done. But today, Jay, I mean, you, you know, this like, you know, product or service a, you know, tr- um, meets uh, customer B online right. through, you know, some Insta page that customer B does not buy, then, you know, forward something that they see to customer J. J's not really a customer now. <laughs> J will be a customer in six months. And then that connects to E and then M. And then we have, you know, L over there somehow. And then finally that connects to buyer A in no, <laughs> you know, perfectly discernible way, right? right? There is a lot of tangential connections in our economy that, analytics, just people throw their hands up and go, how do I track this? Oh, I don't know what's going on. But when you look at it creatively, it makes perfect sense. And that's what I mean. A company that embraces that way of thinking, um, you know, gives free stuff away, uh, changes the way that they model their uh, work-life balance, you know, work from home. People who get really creative about what they're doing, how they're doing it, or the, the, those companies that will make it uh, to the next hundred years and beyond. Right. You know, I thought it was really interesting. You know, you talked about in this chapter that, and we talked about it a little bit here already on the show, that school is partially to blame for, you know, our analytical mindset. Our workplace certainly is. But then you, then you kind of like hold us accountable individually. Because you say, although there are many things to blame for the loss of creativity today, ultimately we're the ones to blame for this departure. Yeah, we kind of walked away from it. You know, we, we've said to ourselves, there's nothing good there. You know, we're not creative. We're just going to go to work or run our businesses on the analytics alone. And sadly, um, it's not a recipe for success. <laughs> I love in chapter six, you said something that kind of, which is entitled when nothing else works, creativity. Well, you said, <laughs> and it's so true because the more I kept thinking about it and I, and I laughed because I've highlighted it like over and over and over again. And then I wrote it down and highlighted it in my notes. You said, no one really gets excited by seeing an analytical spreadsheet of numbers endlessly hanging off the bottom of a report or another analytical PowerPoint presentation, but creativity captures everyone's imagination each and every time. And it's so true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just one of those things, man. You know, it, you got to, you have to do things in a different way when everyone else is doing it in the same way. And that is what will separate you. That is what will bring new customers. That is what will take, right. you know, revenue and turn it into more profit. It is just you deciding it's the responsibility of the person to decide that they're going to look at it differently. It's pretty easy to do. Well, yet we make it so hard, right? Well, we make it hard. <laughs> right? I mean, you're right. It's an easy thing to do, but we make it hard. I mean, you you have, um, by the way, I'm going to just let everybody know, Nir has a number of exercises in here to kind of unleash, to get started unleashing your creativity. There's a number of great, simple, these are not hard, these are simple exercises. Uh, they apply back, some of them are just, you know, are just really just helping you open up your mind. The other so they'll apply back to your business and taking a look at your business in a or your career or maybe even your relationships in a different way, creatively looking at it. And I and I did every exercise in the book. So I mean I I mean I even started with the flower, you know, which was not very good, but I did cool. start with the flower and and you know work through the exercise. They were great, by the way. I, I cannot tell people enough. You need to. Um, you you the, the beautiful thing about this book is there's just these exercises in here that. I think will really open up your mind to where you're stuck and and you need to take a look at it. Chapter seven, a world that can be not a world that is, which is a great title, by the way. Um, I just want to let you know that Um, you make a, you talk about an example where you had caught a cold and you got all this medicine and the doctor really was treating the symptoms not the cold. And then you make this quote that's pretty outstanding here. It says in the same way, most businesses treat symptoms um, rather than the root cause of the problem. And you go on further to say, 
Uh, fixing real issues or problems takes imagination, a construct of creativity, and we must relearn how to use it. We spend so much time trying to control outcomes that we leave little time for something new and fresh to happen. Let's talk about let's talk about this a little bit because this is really kind of the beginning of what we need to do in terms of getting a mindset of how we get start getting get relearning that creativity. Yeah, definitely. So what we what we really one thing your listeners can do right now, right? They're like, this sounds pretty good. Like I like this. What can I do today? Right, right now, I'm listening right now. One thing that your listeners can do right now, you look at any problem. You know, just take a second. Look at a problem that you're having in your business. I don't know. Maybe it's a cash flow situation. Uh, Lord knows I've been there before. So <laughs> maybe it's a inventory problem. Maybe it's, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe it's a, a, an employee. Uh, let's say you're in a career path. Maybe your boss is an a-hole, right? Maybe <laughs> you're having some issues with a coworker. I don't know what's going on. Look at any problem in your business or in your career right now. And all I'm asking you to do is think of something kind of in your mind's eye, right? Now that you have something that you're kind of thinking about, imagine just for a minute, just for a minute, if you were to be able to see this problem and see what can be, what might be, not what it is. Yeah, your boss is an a-hole. That's what it is, right? right? But what can it be? if he or she was not and grab a pen and a piece of paper and start writing down what comes to you because what you're you're doing is you're sort of tapping into that inner creativity that you were born with and you're allowing it to to run free but if you don't write it down you keep it in your head it's not good you got to write stuff down in order to to get it out and what your list will come up with is a solution i promise you it's in there you know what you need to do. If you're on a career path, it might say quit. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That might be the right answer, right. but it might be work with them in a different way. Use Linda instead of, you know, this person to, right. you know, move something forward. Um, get a loan for the cash flow deficit to make up that different. You might write down change net 45 to net 30. <laughs> and oh man, over the year, that could be an amazing benefit. Right. And and then, you know, you can't just always go to the negative, which is, oh, that's a dumb idea. Why would I do that? Right. Why should I play children's games and try to imagine something? Oh, creativity is not going to get me anywhere. But then when you say that, you automatically kill the potential mm. of problem solving to happen. Mm. And it's almost like an infection, like a human condition infection, where we always just are sarcastic or negative, and we instantly kill the potential for problem solving to, to, to flourish within us. And so what I advocate is, is just taking a minute to see the world as it can be, or see a problem as it can be, not as it is, so that you allow yourself, you give yourself permission to solve the problem. Yeah, I beautifully said. You, you, you continue here in this, this chapter, you say, a study in psychology, psychology today said that 80% of our daily thoughts are negative thoughts. Um, we use words such as no, can't, won't, not. And you say, you go on to say, we need to be practicing saying words such as yes, maybe let's see where this goes why is why is positivity i mean because positivity is is a theme that runs throughout this book and we understand but positivity is absolutely critical isn't it to this creator mindset critical it is one of the most important parts of the entire book yes there's 92 tools in there to help you unlock creativity but being positive is not just going to help you at work. It's going to help you in everyday life, right? Um, we all have those kinds of negative thoughts, and and it's biological. There's a reason for it. It is what helped us survive, right? Our negative thoughts said, right. "Oh, don't drink out of this water hole." Sixty thousand years ago, <laughs> you know, you're going to get sick, and now you know you could drink tap water. It's like you're not going to get sick, right? In in the U.S. at least, and. And so we're we're in this sort of hyper, uh, you know, state of negativity right. when it used to serve a purpose. I mean, 150 years ago, 
um, the world was such a different place, you know, than it is today. Safety and medicine and, you know, all of this stuff, you know, didn't exist. And now all of these things are in place that, you know, our our life expectancy from 100 years ago to now is like shot up dramatically. The, The point is that if we are positive, we're able to tap into an unlimited reservoir of problem solving. Um, and creativity relies on looking at a situation positively in order to solve it. When we get negative, we immediately shut down all potential and we get kind of knocked back into a position where, you know, um, negativity doesn't enable creativity. It enabled same old, same old, again and again solution, true and, you know, uh, tried, replicated everywhere that may have worked for someone else, but may not work for you. I just think people need to hold on to this, this really salient point about positivity and understanding that 80% of our thoughts are negative. Um, we, it's, it, we got to flip that because we're, we're the, the fact that we're 80% of the time. <laughs> I mean, I started thinking about that number. The fact that we're 80% of the time thinking negatively means that maybe we have 20% you know open to positivity or maybe it's just neutral I don't know but if we flip that how much better would we be creative wise oh man it would be amazing like right? you know and just being conscious of that just saying you know what 80% of our thoughts are negative every day what am i going to do to change that right. if you just do that one thing if you just do that one <laughs> thing i promise you you will be happier Things will go way better for you at work. Um, things will evolve, um, you know, more organically for your business. And it just things would go way, way better if we just were conscious of that one fact. You are so, you are so, you are so right. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I just, that, that particular piece that you wrote was just, you know, really eye-opening to me. I, I want to jump here real quickly to the creative Creativity's unlikely personality traits in chapter eight. And <clears throat> before I have you start on these three, I want to just do a little, as a psychological professional, I just want to kind of do a little, little pre-number. First of all, the personality traits he's about to talk to, we all have. Okay. I don't want you to think that, you know, you have to have a certain specific type of personality that <laughs> that's not what he's talking about here. We have these traits. It's, Really, the question is, when's the last time you tapped into them? <laughs> because you're missing out on uh, your creative mindset and being able to do more for your business and your career and you. So let's talk about these. Let's start with talking about these three attributes of personality that we all have. The first one is humor, which I would, it's your first one right out of the blocks. So talk to me, talk to us about why our humor part of our personality is so important to the creative mindset. So in order to really have a great creator mindset, you need to have humor, right? And people tell me all the time near, it's actually what I get the most amount of emails about this chapter. People are like, seriously, you know, like, like, like that kind of thing. But yes, just go with me here. I promise you we're going somewhere good. Um, humor is, is really important because it allowed you to see a problem or a situation differently. Mm. The, the basis of what makes something funny is that it is so sort of from left field as to what you're looking at, that it makes it really funny. That's the whole, you know, bit that comedians uh, on stage do. They take an everyday situation, look at it totally different. And it's hilarious. Why is it hilarious? Because it changes the paradigm that we're used to seeing something as, you know, an everyday thing. And that's awesome, right? Is it always funny? No. Sometimes, you know, we hear (laughs) a stand-up routine or sometimes we're at work and we, we experience something um, that is not particularly funny, but humor, what it does is it lays the groundwork for positivity to be there, as we just talked about, and that positivity will allow for problem solving. So humor, incredibly important in being creative. Yeah, this is the thing I think that people, you know, because people think that, you know, oh, if you're successful, you've got to be serious and intellectual and studious and everything, but truly it. Humor, you you say this right here as part of the section. Humor relaxes us. And when we're in a relaxed state, we are far more able. Our brain is far more able to be creative when we're relaxed. When we constantly put pressure on our brain by, you know, gotta be serious, gotta be serious, gotta be, you know, gotta be so focused, right? 
man, the, we start shutting down. As we narrowly focus, we we put our blinders on the outside. We no longer have a periphery, whereas humor opens up that periphery of our creativity. No doubt. And, and we need that. We need to tap into these attributes that we have. You know, everything in the book that we talk about in the Creator Mindset book everything is free. It costs zero, right? Right. It's not about buying a piece of machinery. It's not about hiring a department or a person or whatever to build creativity for us. It is about finding that within us and that authentic creative root of who we are and getting it out there. And, and man, humor can really, really help along that journey. Yeah. I just, I just found humor to be I'm glad you started with it because it's so true because every, every stand-up comedian, every comic bit that you've ever seen, regardless of what you've ever been to, guess what? That's creative, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. His name is Nir Bashan. The book is entitled The Creator Mindset. You know what? You're listening to him here on A New Direction. Hey, everyone, listen. Uh, you know what? I, I love Epic Physical Therapy. They are my physical therapists, and I think they should be yours too. Really, I do, because they're really that good. They they offer. I mean, outside that, they're they're just outstanding people, and the owners are amazing, and they've got locations all over, and athletes from all over the world come in to work with them. But listen, their their facilities are equipped with the most advanced top of the line equipment. You know, Antergy, Altergy anti gravity treadmills, right? Takes the pressure so you can run. The Normatec compression sleeves, you know, for people like me who are getting older, sometimes we need a little extra compression to, you know, keep ourselves in shape and fit. The game ready, which I talk about at nauseum about, you know, the ice cold water and the compression all at the same time. You know, here's the thing they're, they're trained and certified in the most comprehensive cutting edge treatments available. Things like, you know, blood flow restriction therapy, dry needling, uh, outstanding cupping, uh, manipulating the muscle through the skin. Look, they have it all, and it's all available, and they are literally um, doing this because they are good at what they do, and they help people get back to the place where they want to be, you know, or get them further ahead. So when you're ready for your epic relief, your epic recovery, epic results, don't look any further. Go to epicpt.com. That's E-P-I-C. PT.com. And Linda crafted Team Realtors for over 35 years. She's been at the top of the real estate game, helping people find their dreams, helping people discover their dreams. And you know, here's the thing about Linda Craft and her team. 35 years you do this, do this job. You know what her clients say about her? She's a legend of customer service. Well, you know, that says something when your clients say that about you. It's because it must be true. And so she believes that the client is the foremost and most important thing. They know their business. I mean, you don't, you can't stay in this business for 35 years if you don't know your business. But they also understand the relationship aspect of it. They understand that, you know what, your home is filled with memories. And those memories, she wants those memories to be as precious to her as they are to you. Because we'll never forget what it was like going to grandma's house. But we probably don't remember what she paid for it. Right? So when you want to be with somebody, talk to the memory maker the relationship creator, the sustainer. Talk to Linda Craft and her team. You can learn more by going to lindacraft.com. That's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T dot com. And we're back here on A New Direction, and uh, we're talking with Nir Bashan. The book is entitled The Creator Mindset 92 Tools to Unlock the Secrets uh, to uh, Innovation, Growth, and Sustainability. The book is a fabulous read. Uh, it's a practical read. It is a read that will open your mind, I promise you. Uh, it's already changed me in the way I think. And uh, matter of fact, um, Nir and I had a great experience today practicing the creative mindset, which is which. So we and we did, and it really worked out well. And I think we're having I think we're having a good time. Are you, I'm having a good time. Are you having a good time? I'm having a great time. Okay, awesome. I'm just I'm amazed by your promo pieces, man. Like they're so good. They're unique. They're like <laughs> gripping. I, like. You know, I want, uh, uh, you know, Linda Kraft to sell my house right now. Like, you know what I mean? Just start. Like, I'm so in. Yeah, start, start with her. Because, I mean, seriously, 35 years she's been doing that. It's been amazing. Yeah. Um, let's talk about. <laughs> let's talk about the second piece of the personality traits that we have, but we don't really exercise them very often, right? And that's yeah, so, empathy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I talk about empathy in the book. Um, definitely. Empathy is... One of those really important things I talk about internal and external empathy, two different sort of manifestations. Um, but 
what what I really talk about is how to use it creatively and and what creative value you can gain by not just putting the shoe on the other you know foot or whatnot, but really understanding what somebody is going through and really understanding sort of where they are. The amazing potential that can give you to help solve their problems if they're clients or coworkers or employees or whatever is like gold, man. You could print that. You could just like printing money, right? When you're able to really, really understand where somebody's coming from. And I think it is one of the second, uh, I think it's the second building block, one of the most important parts of understanding how to become more creative. Here's what's so, I think, so critical about that. And as you're talking, it, it just kind of awakened some other thoughts in my head. So this is kind of a, this just in. But, you know, when we put ourselves in other people's shoes, right? And, and I talked about early in the show that we, you know, what's your emotional training like, right? Understanding the emotions of others and tapping into that, right? When we understand that, we start to then take on a different creative view, right? Because now we're not looking at it from our point of view, we're beginning to look at it from their point of view. And that does become creative, doesn't it? Absolutely. It's like a free snapshot mm. of a different scenario by just deploying a little bit of, hey, I'd like to find out what's on your mind. Hey, I'd like to listen a little bit. And I'd like to feel how this thing feels to you. So on and so forth. These are incredibly simple, easy things to do. Yet the benefit could be life-changing. Yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I do some coaching and I know you do some consulting and I do a lot of things one-on-one, but I think, you know, the better I, I think I would be a, even, a, I'm, I'm a pretty darn good coach, but I think it's even better if I think about that the creative solution is going to come from really, really tapping into that empathetic piece even further, going deeper. Do you, do you know what I'm trying to say there? Absolutely. And, and that is where some of the, you know, magic of life occurs, right? When right. you are really able to dig into that level and, and reach that sort of depth where you're like, it's like a, I don't know, it's almost like a kind of a nirvana, I don't know, phase <laughs> of, you know, selflessness. Right, yeah. And the closer that you can get there, the more, I don't know if we can be totally selfless. Like I'd have to do some research and figure that yeah. part out. But I think that when you are truly there for somebody, they feel it. Yeah. They know it. Yeah. And they appreciate it. Even if they're paying you to do it, they still appreciate <laughs> right. it. You know, it's just, it's, and if they don't even better, I, I don't know, totally underused technique in modern business today. Um, Amy, Amy Admelson just wrote a book about it and it, it's incredibly important that, you know, how to set up, you know, psychological safety in the workplace. Right. You know, have the books about empathy and it, it is just really important. Uh, it will drive your uh, staff to do better. It will make your customers spend more money with you. And it really is not all that complicated, but we are so, you know, busy. We got zoom and right. all these calls and, you know, go to meetings and all this stuff going on all day that we're, we're like, Oh, you know, it's not important. And I really talk about stopping and just taking a minute and giving things meaning. When you take a minute to give things meaning, you do it with empathy. I love that. Love that. Let's talk about the third personality trait, courage, because I think we have a mis I, I think there's a misconception about this a little bit because right. Creativity requires courage. No doubt. And you have to have the courage to put humor and empathy together in order to move in a creative way. You also have to have the courage That's to good. print that in a book that has been all over the world and then receive emails from people going, you got to be kidding me. And, it, you know, here, here's the thing about courage, right? It is very, very, very easy to take the analytical way out and just do what everyone else has been doing. It is right. not easy to say, you know what, I'm gonna look at the creative, I'm gonna invest in creativity, I'm going to invest in innovation and humor and in empathy with staff or customers or whomever, um, th those things are not easy. And sometimes when things are not easy and sometimes when things are not comfortable, those are like 
you know, life's way of telling you that is exactly what it is that you need to be doing. Those are the sirens of life and, you know, the yelling and somebody or something, I don't know, telling you, hey, hey, if this is easy and you keep doing it, hey, if this is, you know, coming to you uh, uh, in such a way that is, you know, so straightforward or whatever, maybe or or comfortable, maybe it's time to get out of that lane a little bit and mm-hmm. and kind of spark that new type of creativity that that we so badly need. So, yeah, I talk a lot about breaking routine and and, you know, not being so comfortable all the time. Right. Therein lies amazing creative benefit. I want to jump to chapter 10 real quick. I would love to you to talk about uh, the importance of the little victory because we get so caught up into the final victory, right? Every, it's kind of like we are only looking for the Super Bowls and we, we kind of forget what the season was like, you know? Talk to us about the importance of the little victory and creativity. Yeah, the Super Bowl is won by, you know, that six-year-old, seven-year-old kid learning how to, you know, put proper boots on and get on the on the field and, you know, do the drills. That's where Super Bowls are won. They're right. won in, in training and they're won one foot in front of the other. They're not won, you know, at the end of the day. Many businesses that I work with, you know, tell me, Nir, we got a one, a three, a five year. You know, this is kind of the map. That's the North Star. That's where we're going. And I tell them, okay, well, what has happened along that way? They're like, well, we'll tell you when we get there, Nir. We're two years into our three year. I'm like, no, bad, bad, wrong. <laughs> that is wrong, right? I say to people, no, let's start looking. What are the successes? What are the failures? And what are they really telling you? They're, they're, I talk in a book about an ice cream salesman many years ago wanted to sell a bunch of ice cream machines, right? right? And his view was analytical. It was like, yeah, you know, volume. I'm going to get a bunch of people and 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 that's how I'm going to sell machines. But one day he discovered, you know, I should check out this restaurant that keeps ordering machines. So he went down there 45 minutes later, you know, stood in line, stood in line. 45 minutes later, he had the best burger he's ever had, right? The guy's name was Ray Kroc and that restaurant's McDonald's. So- right. Had he have just stuck to a three-year, it was to sell a bunch of ice cream machines. His five-year, sell more machines. I don't know, maybe sell ice cream machines and, you know, blenders that do juice. I don't know, some right. other auxiliary product. But what he he took a creative leap and he said, you know what? I got to explore this. I got to change it. This has been a little victory. This place, this place keeps ordering machines. I'm going to go check it out. I'm going to be creative. And that creativity led him to a far bigger three or five year than it would have had he have not have done that. You know, what in your business or your career that you're doing today is sort of seeding those little, little victories that you need to head toward instead of what you perceive to be the big victory. Yeah. Listen, this is where I, this is where I thought you were genius. I mean, I thought the whole book was genius, but I thought this part was genius when it came to celebrating little victories is because if we're paying attention to those little victories, then they they're they're potentially opportunities that are offshoots for us to go to, if we, if we're allowing our mind to be that open, right? And and that's that to me was just just genius. We all have those little victories. We right. all have right. those little things, and when we start to pay attention to them. One, we grow happier as human beings. Two, we're more positive, which right. then it's like a like a vicious circle, but like an, a virtuous circle. I don't know. It's even better, right? Because if you're looking at your little victories, you're happier, you're more positive. Those little victories add up to other little victories. Then you start injecting creativity into it because you're you're positive about it and you you're curious and you want to see where it goes. And you know, things start to get better and better and better for you. Yet so many of us in business, we, you know, we say, okay, that was cool. I sold five machines here, ice cream machine, but whatever, I need to sell the mass market and we need to, you know, hire an AI company to do market research for us and, you know, find us potential new customers. It's like, okay, yeah, you could do that, but let's talk about the person you sold five machines to. Let's take a look at that. I mean, let's do some work there. And, And I think those things are incredibly important. I, I totally agree with you. I just I just found it outstanding. His name's Nir Bashan. The book is entitled "The Creator Mindset." It's brilliant. Uh, you're hearing his brilliance. Uh, and, you know, listen all over the world. Thank you, by the way, all over the world who's listening to the show. Uh, you know, Dublin, Ireland. Thank you, and uh, also the Philippines, who are I know we're 
uh, on their radio stations and, and even TV. So we, we just want to say hi and thank you very much for allowing us to be with you. I'm going to jump ahead to chapter 15, The Disease of Self-Doubt. I found this to be one of the most powerful chapters. Um, I read it, I don't remember exactly how many times I read it, but I kept reading it over and over again because I kept saying to myself, if there's something that's going to kill creativity, if there's something that kills us, and you say that, it's self-doubt. Talk about it. One of the most toxic parts of humanity. And the shame is that it's ruined our ability to evolve as human beings. I mean, the world could be such a better place. Um, technology and medicine, all to incredible realms, yet the self-doubt monster, it just like attacks. It attacks us every time that we have any good idea or any good, you know, initiative that we want to take or, you know, some some really cool and interesting thing. It tells us, no, it's stupid. Don't do that. Mm. Don't go that way. Don't, you know, and it, and it turns it into a negative experience and it paralyzes us with fear. And most of us then don't do it. Right. We just don't. And who loses? You and I, Jay. Like, I mean, part of this book, honestly, it's kind of a selfish mission for me because like I want you know, better ice cream. I want an airplane that gets from <laughs> LA to New York in three hours instead of five, right? It's like, I want a cure for a cold. I get a cold right. every couple of years or right. whatever, you know? Right. I want a cure, right? right. So, it, you know, we're, we're making light of it, but it, it, it's really substantial, you know? Right. And and so I, I, I write in the book a, a couple of tools that help you just sort of banish this sense of self-doubt um, and it's something that we need to do in order to be creative. It's, it's the number one creativity killer. Yeah. I just, uh, I found it, I found it to be, you know, I, I love your, um, I mean, let's, let's just use one. All right. Which one do you want to go? Do you want to use the faucet tap, the light of positivity or the shotgun? I like the, um, I really like the shotgun idea. All right. And I'll let's tell talk you about why. Real quick. The shotgun idea gets rid of self-doubt because it is like a purge, <laughs> right. for a better term, of um, of negativity. And what, what happens is when you allow yourself to start writing stuff down, which is a theme throughout the book as well, you, you don't have to get it right. You just kind of like, uh, you know, for, for, for listeners that don't understand, the way that a shotgun round works is it's filled with little pellets, right, depending on – what, what it is that you're hunting or, or what you're using the, the rifle for, but filled with a bunch of little pellets, right? And when you, when you, when you shoot it out, what happened to the pellets spread? They don't, you know, I mean, they're somewhat focused, but it's not like a laser, right? right it's just right. like in that general direction, right? right? We're, we're putting shot in that general direction. And yeah, hopefully it hits a quail or whatever it is that right. you're, you're doing. And you know, that's kind of it. So, what I talk about here to get rid of self-doubt is to take a shot in that general direction, right? You don't have to worry about getting it right. And when we are able to tell ourselves, you know what, let's just have fun with it or let's just, you know, purge it from our system or let's just not worry about having to right. get it right. What ends up happening is you do get it right and you do advance and you do um, shake off those chains of self-doubt. So shotgun method, something that people can do today that are listening to just get it out that's awesome you've been we've been on an hour it feels like five minutes it's been it's been really fast man uh listen the show's called a new direction why we try to help people find a new direction and success and leadership in their life their career or their business uh you've hit all three if you could give people a new direction uh, based on uh the creator mindset what would be your new direction for the folks you know, I think the new direction that I would give people overall, right, is that the power to see a world as it can be, not as it is, is something that you can literally take with you no matter what you do and no matter where you are in the world and use it right away. Love that. His name is Nir Bashan. The book is entitled The Creator Mindset. You know what? Go out, get you one. Yeah, I'm just telling you, go get you some right? Use them as gifts. Oh, he's got one right there. Listen, you know what? That's the show, right? Here's the deal, right? Be inspired because when you're inspired, that means you'll inspire other people and then they become inspired and that means they'll inspire others and that makes this world a great place. I'm going to be back next week with another great show because it's, it's going to be another great guest and it's going to be another great book. And as I say to you every week, and you know what that is, everybody, ciao, everybody. Day.